seven strangers, does that not make you a serial killer? I didn't kill them every day, did I? Did I go out there every day and say, hmm, I'm going to kill them? If I did, there well, would be hundreds. Well, no, it took you 12 months. Then he rings up Rex again, and that's when I looked at him and I started laughing. If I had shot my own children, would I not have done a good job of it? Because, you know, first of all, women generally don't commit crimes this heinous. Right. Uh, you know, this is usually the domain of men. That's unfortunate. Hey, Gabe. Hey, Danny. How are you doing? Pretty good. Happy to be recording again. Episode two coming out at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, you stayed up pretty late last night. <laughs> yeah, let's not let's not uh, talk about that right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how are you doing? Good, good. I'm good. Nothing too exciting. Oh, how, well, Halloween will be over when we release this, so never mind. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's where I, I was thinking about that today, too. Like, okay, do we act as if as if Halloween passed already? Because this won't be released until after Halloween. Nah. Maybe we should make predictions as to what things will have happened in, in the news. We can be like, For oh. Halloween? No, no, like just in, like try to predict the future. And oh, maybe like we'll the get Simpsons. Like, okay. Exactly. Or Futurama? No, it's The Simpsons. Simpsons. Well, any show that runs long enough eventually. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay. I think COVID will still be a thing. Hot take, hot take. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know. That's it. That's mine. What's yours? I suspect world peace will be achieved. Going big. Yeah. See, it's a long shot. But if it works, you heard it here, people. (laughs) I, I did a psychic reading and world peace achieved a week from now. Was it a cold or hot reading? It was both. It was lukewarm. <laughs> then I microwaved it, but the inside remained cold, but the outside oh my God, got hot. like my breakfast this morning. <laughs> Disappointment is what it is. Exactly. All right. All right. So who do you got for us today? Her name is Miriam Rodriguez, and I am actually got found out about her because of you. Plot twist. Wait, you, me, or you, the show on net, on Netflix? You, the person sitting here. Uh, okay, good. It's hard to tell these days. It really is, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> you sent me like a screenshot of a little tidbit of this like woman. And then I looked her up and I was like, yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. Okay, yeah. So full disclosure to our listeners, I am familiar with the very rough, like the high points here. There's but, like a one sentence exclamation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'm not, you know, I'm not, I haven't heard the full story here. All right. Okay, so this takes place in Mexico, so you ready for this fun pronunciation ride? Always. <laughs> Have you heard of Los Zetas? Uh, no, actually. Well. Where is that by? It's regarded <laughs> as one of the most dangerous of Mexico's drug cartels. Oh, okay. So I was sorry. I was thinking geography. No. But, okay. Got it. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah. Have you heard of them? It vaguely rings a bell. I haven't. There's a lot of uh, different cartels these yeah. days. So they run a drug trafficking ring, sex trafficking ring, gun running, extortion, kidnappings. Uh, people they kidnap, they like hold these fight clubs for them. Yeah, uh, probably more stuff. It's not a conclusive list, but that just shows what kind of stuff goes on with them they like to cover all bases of of the criminal underworld 
Pretty much, yeah. Same name something, they probably do it. Uh, look, look, on the bright side, they don't do the worst crime of all, which is piracy. Downloading, <laughs> <laughs> downloading Disney movies. <laughs> I was like, where is he going with this? <laughs> don't do it, people. It's a crime. You, you wouldn't download a car, would you, Danny? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, they probably do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we're going to start in San Fernando, Mexico. Okay. Do you know where that is? Yeah, it's in a state even I'm hesitant to pronounce. Really? Yeah, it's... Okay. But it's a... So it's Tamaulipas. Okay. You can say that one. No. So (laughs) I'm going to stick with San Fernando. Okay. California? Mexico. (laughs) And the first thing that popped up when I looked up San Fernando was the San Fernando Massacre. Just to give like some insight into this town. And San Fernando is known for experiencing two of the largest massacres of the Mexican drug war. In 2014, the citizens of San Fernando were particularly troubled. A lot of businesses were closed because they were fearing shootouts. And finding mass graves at this point was so normal that if there's like less than 20 people found, it wasn't even in the news. So... That's what's going on. <laughs> Good background set. Oh yeah, no, I, I, for what it's worth, I didn't see a whole lot of stuff. But in my time in Mexico, mm-hmm. it was always sort of on the periphery. Like you would hear the whispers of like things that happened a town over or a state over. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think we've all seen to some extent like images of like the people you know bodies hanging from bridges and whatnot mm-hmm. or just like heads found places yeah. yeah so we're gonna start with a woman named karen she's 20 years old and she was staying in san fernando to finish up school and helping her mom run her small apparel shop it was called rodeo rodeo or rodeo boots <laughs> and it sold <laughs> <laughs> it sold like uh, cowboy hats and stuff. What? That's what? What? It it was it was it had boots in the name and it sold hats. Well, like hats and boots and like oh, just okay. that general. So general cowboy attire. There you go. Okay. I couldn't remember the word. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, she on January twenty third, she was driving and merging into traffic, and two trucks pull up on her sides of her car and men get out and force themselves into her truck and take over and they drive off with her inside of her car so they take her to her family home where she lived with her mom and her mom was luckily she was gone like during the week being a nanny Mm -hmm. and they take her so the house is empty they tie her up on the floor and Unfortunately, a mechanic chooses this time to stop by to work on the truck because he sees it's there and he knocks and he gets kidnapped as well. And of course, they contact Miriam and they demand a ransom and she takes out a loan from the bank. That is like literally a loan for kidnap ransom. Interesting. So so it's that much of a problem. Yeah. 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 Although, I mean, like here you can take out a loan if you get... um hacked you know and you need to like what's it called 
If you get hacked? You get hacked and they like hold your stuff for ransom. You pay them in Bitcoin. Oh, I'm not familiar with this. Yes, you are. It's what? what? It's called, um, like here, it's really popular. It's called being, oh gosh. They go to businesses and they like attack their server and put like a password on it and you can't access it until you pay them. Oh, shoot. Uh, uh, yes, I, I'm not familiar with the name of that there, hack. No, you are. What is it? I don't remember. Anyways, not important. Yes, there's a loan for it. <laughs> <laughs> and so she pays the kidnappers. It's like this whole thing where her husband goes to this like sketchy place, leaves a bag of money, makes sure somebody gets it, and Karen doesn't show up. So then they contact them again, and they ask for more money, and he goes back to a different place and leaves more money. But it's like, what are you going to do? Like, of course you're going to pay. So they follow every instruction given to them, but Karen isn't returned, and the police are failing to arrest anyone or really do much in the family's eyes. And Miriam is just like, we can't just keep taking out money, like, it's not working. And she ends up asking to meet some members of the local cartel. And they agree. And she's like, whoa, okay, mm. let's do this. So she goes alone to this local restaurant that's still open, and she meets with this, like, young man. And she's like, can you release my daughter? And he is like... We don't have her, but we will help you find her for $2,000. <laughs> and she pays him. And then, which I mean, okay, you're going to do it. And she says that throughout this whole time, it was like every time you give money, it's like you get this hope. And then like time passes and the hope kind of just like crumbles. And then you give more money and you get more hope. And like, yeah, so... Anyways, but while this meeting was going on, he's wearing this, like, radio, and it's kind of, like, staticky and making noise, you know, like radios do. Oh, is it to dis disrupt any kind of recording devices? I don't... It's not a... a radio's not the right word. It's like you talk into it. Walkie-talkie. Walkie-talkie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I think he just always has it. Okay, got it. And it's, like, really staticky, and then at one point, she hears somebody say, Sama. And he responds, and she's like, Sam is his name. So with that information, she leaves, and she stays in contact with him because he promised, like, hey, we'll help you find your daughter. Mm -hmm. And after a week, he starts ghosting her and doesn't respond. And others call asking her for more money, and they keep paying, and the stress of it just, like, and Miriam and her husband end up separating, and Miriam goes to live with her older daughter named Azalea. After a few weeks of not hearing anything, Miriam tells Azalea that she knew Karen was not coming back, and Karen's most likely dead. And she promises she would not rest until she hunted down everyone involved with the kidnapping, and she would get her revenge. And Azalea's like, after she like accepted that Karen's probably dead, mm -hmm. she just changed as a woman and as a person. And the mechanic that had been kidnapped wasn't the target. So they 
surprisingly just released him. I was like, why not just kill him? I don't know. But they just released him. And Miriam met with him and was like, tell me every detail you can remember. Like, Ooh. everything. And then next, she goes on to Karen's Facebook and starts looking around for any kind of clue because they obviously targeted her. They knew who her family was. Um, it's like they met, let the mechanic go. So she starts looking through Facebook and she's like, she doesn't even know what she's looking for. But one morning, she finds a picture tagged with the name Sama. Oh, no. Yeah. They knew each other? Kind of. And she, like, immediately recognizes him. She's like, this is the right guy. And he's sitting in the picture next to a woman wearing a uniform from an ice cream shop. And so she looks into this ice cream shop. It's two hours away. And she's like, okay, let's do this. And she drives to this ice cream shop and stakes it out for weeks, memorizing this woman's schedule. And then every single time this woman works, she goes and waits to see if Sama ever shows up because they clearly know each other. And she's like, maybe they're dating. Maybe they're seeing each other. I don't know. Right. It's like the only lead she has, so why not? And he shows up. So she follows, she follows him to his house, writes the address down, and she's like, okay... The address isn't enough. I need, like, a name for the police. So, (laughs) she goes home. She cuts her hair. She dyes it bright red. She puts on this, like, uniform that she had from an old, um, like, medical job or something. And she pretends that she's doing a local poll survey. And she gets his name. And then she goes to the police with this information and she's like, I have his name. I have his address. I met with him. He's involved. And the police are like, no, we're not touching this. And she doesn't give up. She goes to another police station and another until she finally finds a federal policeman who would talk to her. And he, in the article that I read, he's completely anonymous. He won't give his name or anything. And by the time an arrest warrant was actually issued for Sama, he had already fled town. Damn. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, that's fine. Let me find somebody else. So she goes back online and starts pouring over, like, every picture of Sama and the people he was with and, like, trying to get more information, trying to find somebody new. And then l- luck would have it something crazy happened. So, she has a son who was named Luis, and he had left town way before Karen was even kidnapped because it was just too dangerous, and he was like, I can't stay here. And he has his own store a couple hours away in a different town, and he's closing it up because it's the Mexican Independence Day, and they're going to have like a parade and parties and stuff. And there's one more customer, and he's, like, waiting for this one customer to leave so he can close up early. And he looks, and he's like, this man looks familiar. Guess. It was Sama. It's fucking Sama. (laughs) So he's like, oh, my God, this is the guy from my mom's pictures and her research. 
So he calls his mom and then he calls the police and he follows Sama and he like is letting the police know where he is and the police arrest him. Wow, a lucky break. Yeah. And a lot easier to find than Osama bin Laden. (laughs) 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 Um, Okay, so he's arrested and he's like screaming and freaking out and blah, blah, blah. And then he ends up like completely talking and he gives up names and whatnot of all his friends and accomplices because he sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Also, that's like a a death sentence. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Not the brightest guy. No, he's probably dead. I don't know. But one of the names he gave was, I think it's Christian. There's no H. It's C-R. Is it still Christian? Yeah. Okay. Christian Jose Zapata Gonzalez, who was barely 18. So he had been in this life since he was a teenager. And he was taken in for questioning. He was super scared. He was like asking for his mom and... Miriam was there and she noticed how scared he was and she went to talk to him and he had mentioned how hungry he was so she gave him his her lunch and then went and bought him a coke and the police are like what are you doing this guy is in the drug cartel he's dangerous we're trying to like get information from him and she's like I'm still a mom he's still a kid it's like super sweet and he ends up telling them everything he knew and he even took them to the ranch where he said that they took like all the kidnapping victims and where they killed Karen and he said her body should still be there so this abandoned ranch was pretty empty there was like a lot of garbage an abandoned tractor There was a noose hanging from a tree and bullet holes and, like, everything. And searching around all the, like, debris and garbage. What is the difference? Debris and garbage. I don't think there is a difference. Okay. I was just curious because the article used debris and I was like, it sounds like garbage. I don't know. Anyways, so searching around all of the area, Miriam finds a scarf. And she's like, this is Karen's. And... So she's like, Karen was here. She probably still is. And they find a bunch of bones and like pieces of bones. And the police do their thing and they're like, Karen's remains aren't here. And Miriam's like, yes, they are. And police are like, no, they're not. And Karen or, and Miriam's like, keep looking. And a year later, they find a piece of a femur, and they're like, yeah, this is Karen's. So, a lot of police and the government officials that worked with Miriam were like, she's super difficult to get along with. Because, I mean, she had to fight for everything, you know? Right. But they said it was super easy to respect her. I just thought I'd mention that because of her having to fight, like, about her body. But on the drive back home from the ranch, Miriam passed this barbecue restaurant. And it leads her to remember how two days after Karen had disappeared, she had eaten there with her daughter. And while she was eating there, she had ran into Elvia Betancourt sipping a soda, and she'd known Elvia since Elvia was a child. So Elvia 
when she was a kid, her mom, she had a really bad childhood. Her mom was a sex worker and eventually abandoned her. So Miriam gave her Karen's old clothes and kind of like kept an eye on her. And Miriam had walked up to her in the restaurant to make small talk and she asked if Elvia had heard about Karen's kidnapping. And Elvia had said she hadn't and pretended not to know anything. And at the time, it like stayed with Miriam because she thought it was so weird because everyone knew about Karen's kidnapping. Yeah. So like, why was Elvia pretending she didn't? And then Miriam, as she's driving by this restaurant, she's like, you can see the road that you take, the dirt road you turn onto to get to the ranch from the restaurant. And she's like, what if Elvia was keeping watch or she knew something? And I mean, that's crazy. So she like immediately goes home, pulls out her computer and starts doing research. And she finds this picture of Elvia online with one of the kidnappers. Okay, this is so much worse because, and it, it sort of it adds up. Um, even when you look at like your standard sexual assault cases, it's almost always someone who knew the victim. But like the amount of people on the periphery of her life so far who seem involved, it's pretty disgusting. Yeah, and yeah, I mean. Not to mention Miriam, like, helped Elvia. It was just, yeah, messed up. So she um, finds the... She looks into the guy she had been dating who was one of the kidnappers, and he's currently in prison on a different charge. And so Miriam goes to the prison and stakes it out, waiting for Elvia to come visit. And... One day, Elvia does show up, so Miriam calls the police. She had given the police all this evidence about how Elvia was involved, and she waits for Elvia to show up, and when Elvia does, she calls the police, Miriam, and Elvia's arrested, and then the police question her, and they find out that some of the ransom calls had even come from Elvia's house. No way. Yeah. And Miriam's like, I'm not done. And she keeps hunting these people down. And she finds this one guy named Enrique Rubio Flores. Skipped a name there. <laughs> <laughs> it's Y-O-E-L. Y-O-E-L? Yoel. 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 And he... So, okay. A lot of these people who were involved since this drug cartel is so gnarly. A lot of these people are either dead, in prison, or are in hiding. Or like like this guy, you'll see, he is now a born-again Christian. Wow. Yeah. That's... Oof, I got issues with that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, so does Miriam. Yeah. <laughs> so she goes and finds his hometown, and then she finds his grandma... And she pays her a visit and is like, look, this is what's going on. And his grandma's like, he's always been trouble, but now at least he's attending church. And Miriam's like, okay, that's great. What church? And she goes. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. So she goes to the church and she waits until he shows up. And then she calls the police and has him arrested. 
And one person from the church is like, why don't you have any mercy? He's now found God, like he's changed his life around. And this quote, she responds with, where was his compassion when they killed my daughter? And it's just like, oof. Uh, it's okay though, because he's now accepted Jesus. <laughs> therefore, uh, it's, all, it's all good. Uh, mm, no, he needs to repent for his <laughs> sins, right? <laughs> uh, I, Repenting might be more of a Catholic thing. Well, he needs to do something. <laughs> Anyways, so he's arrested. And then there is another one who was selling like flowers and she hunts him down and he r tries to run because he sees her and she chases him and tackles him and holds him at gunpoint, like holding the gun to his throat until police show up. She's badass. Wait, and... What do the cops do about her gun? It's illegal to own weapons I in guess Mexico. It is completely. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think something like a handgun. Let me double check this. Private ownership of firearms is restricted to the home only. Only Mexican citizens and foreign legal residents may purchase and keep firearms in their place of residence. So I, I think it's illegal to. Are you walk saying around. Mexico has better gun laws than us? It does, but <laughs> this actually, the cartels have guns, and this really just ends up keeping other people from not having, from not, you know, having weapons. Well, I don't know if they took the gun from her or what, but she she keeps this gun in her purse yeah, all the yeah, time. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they just respected her enough. They they like turned the other way. I don't know. Yeah. But so. At this point, like beyond this, before this point, but at this point, friends and family of her are like super worried. They're like, you are pretty much attacking the cartel. You're getting their members arrested. You're like literally hunting them out down and getting them arrested. They know who you are, like all this stuff. And they're really worried about her and her making herself a target. And she responds with, I don't care. If they kill me, I died the day they killed my daughter. I want to end this. I'm going to take out the people who hurt my daughter and they can do whatever they want for me. Mm -hmm. So in March of 2017, so that's three years later, there was almost two dozen prisoners who escaped prison. And a lot of those prisoners were the men who Miriam had put away. And she asked the government for protection, knowing that these men would come for her, and the police sent periodic patrols by her home and work. And she still didn't stop hunting people in this kidnapping ring. So she found this target who was now a live-in nanny for a family, and she spent days parked outside this family's home waiting for the woman to emerge. And she even like she even peed in cups so she wouldn't have to leave the car like that's how serious she was and at one point her car battery died and her husband had to sneak onto the street and jump her car because <laughs> she had the radio on listening to police oh yeah. yeah yeah so anyways the target one day comes out and she chases the woman down and ends up breaking her foot and but it's okay because she catches the woman the police arrest her wait miriam broke her own foot mm -hmm. okay and 
On Mother's Day at 10.20 p.m., Miriam was walking towards her house after parking her car with her broken foot, and um, she was finally back with her husband at this point. Like, they had reconciled, and I think he... I don't know if he, like, necessarily supported her, but he understood her mission, and... Yeah. A white truck pulls up, and inside there was some of the men who had escaped prison... And they fired 13 rounds into Miriam. And her husband later found her on the ground with her hand in her purse holding onto her gun that she always kept with her. Two of the culprits were arrested and one was killed in a gunfight. Apparently there is a hit on Miriam and Luis, her son, tried to find out who had ordered it, but he knew... Miriam's death was like a warning and you can only push so far and do so much before becoming a target. In June after Miriam had been murdered, so Mother's Day is May, so the next month, Miriam's research like led police to find another suspect in Karen's kidnapping. It was actually a woman who had beaten and tortured Karen. So that she was arrested and that's it. They think that most of the kidnapping ring had been found who was involved with Karen's uh, kidnapping, and it was like all thanks to Miriam. Yeah, pretty shitty that she was doing all this detective work that actual detectives weren't doing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but also crazy, like what she accomplished. Yeah. With just a computer and <laughs> perseverance. Oh, yeah. Reminds <laughs> me of a joke in you. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder what Gabe's been watching. <laughs> Wait, going back to... Um, so so Karen was tortured and murdered. I mean, she, obviously she was murdered, but the torture part, mm-hmm. you kind of snuck in there at the end. Sorry, yeah. she was. They, they tortured most of the people they kidnapped. To what end? It didn't. It said that with Karen, she was she was tied up, like in the air, and severely beaten. They didn't say like with weapons or not, but wow. To what end? I mean, I don't know. I mean, they also didn't say like what the cause of death was for Karen. I don't know. So most of the information they got was from people they arrested because they only found a piece of her femur bone. Yeah. So. Well. Damn, I I was kind of hoping Miriam survived. Yeah. I knew I knew it was a long shot, but yeah, I was hoping she survived in the end. Yeah, I mean, she kind of started this like whole thing though, and her son he helps people who are dealing with this now and kind of like talks to the police and stuff like that. Like she started this whole I don't know the word, like collective. Mm-hmm. Where people now like do stuff like this to try and track people down involved in any sorts of things mm-hmm. and work with the police. And then also, I think before this, a lot of people would just pay and they would never see anything. Like the article I read mentioned a boy named, I want to make sure I get his name right. I want to say Luciano. Let's see. Yeah, so, like, after everything happened with um, Karen, a couple years later, 
a 14-year-old boy named Luciano was kidnapped, and it was, like, the same story as Karen. Like, they kept paying. It was um, a well-off family, and they knew they'd be targeted, and they actually hired security and stuff for the family, but uh, Luciano had a, I want to say Facebook account, some kind of online account, and not to call out Facebook, but, <laughs> and he had been talking to a girl on that account and she is like, Hey, like, let's meet up. And he's like, I think I can sneak out. And he does. And he meets up with this girl who's not a girl and he gets kidnapped. And this family does like the same thing where they like sleuth around. And it turns out some of their like cousins were involved with the cartel and had pretended to be this fake person and got him out. And it was, it was really sad. And uh, he ends up like being murdered, the same thing. And the townspeople actually, for the first time ever, marched and like protested because they're like, this is a 14 year old boy. It's happening again. Like, but yeah, so more and more, it seems like more and more is happening to protest this kind of thing from the cartel. Does that make sense? Yeah, because it's, I mean, even just outside this sort of thing, a common tactic now is to buy out businesses. Mm -hmm. So before you would go and you offer protection money, mm -hmm. and you would say, hey, you should pay us so much money. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you don't know what could happen to your business. Yeah, it's kind of like insurance. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, more expensive and more likely to lead to death if you don't pay. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like non-optional insurance. Yeah. Well, I guess depending on what you're doing, insurance isn't optional. It's true like cars. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> but now, or for some time, the new tactic has been to just buy out these businesses. You show up and you say, you know, here's 15K and we get your building and your business. And it's not a negotiable offer. You accept or die. But what, like, why would they want a business? Because then it's a, le a legit way of generating money. Oh, in a way and laundering yeah. money. Yep, you can clean, clean your money through the business. Yeah. So the cartel, I mean, and maybe that's a blueprint left behind by the Italian mob. Mm -hmm. But it does seem like at a certain point, you do want legitimate businesses that generate revenue just in case, right? Mm -hmm. Because you might be a cartel member but that doesn't mean you want like your kids being a cartel member. Why not? Family business. Yeah. Well, this way you can actually have like a legit family <laughs> business you can give to your to your kids or relatives or yeah. what have you. Mm -hmm. But yeah, in terms of people fighting back, you hear pockets of this happening uh, from place to place. Like there was this, uh, this town called, uh, I hope I'm going to say this right now. It's C-H-E-R-A-N. I want to say... Cheran. Sounds right to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm really good at that. <laughs> and they were tired of uh, the cartel coming in and getting protection money from businesses, taking people, killing people. So they, they ended up arming themselves. They kicked out their own police force. They armed themselves and they became, became their own protectors. Wow. And, and kept the cartel out. Yeah. And... The article I read was from like 2011, or sorry, 2016, and it said they started doing this in 2011. So they had five years, as far as I know, of doing this successfully. Mm -hmm. And like 
jailing people up in the now repurposed police station. Mm-hmm. But you know these sorts of things are still few and far between. It's it's difficult to fight back. Yeah. So wait. So it lasted for five years, and then. So I'm not actually sure. Um, oh, okay. I should double check. But the the last I heard of it was in 2016. So apparently, it was actually the women who rose up. Dude, I was just about to tell you about this town. I'm trying to find the name. It's this one. No, there's a different town in, I think, South Africa. Oh, okay. But, but okay, you go first and I'll tell okay, you. Yeah. So now looking a little more closely, it was the, the women of the town of Chiran who met up and were sickened, sickened by all the kidnappings and killings. Mm-hmm. And, and just people, you know, cartel members roaming the streets, uh, getting protection money from businesses. They ended up, yeah, kicking out their own police force, arming themselves and kicking the cartel out of here. Uh, but but this was actually after they tried tried to reason with the cartel. Really? So they, they actually attempted to negotiate and talk this through, but they were chased away. So they did try diplomacy first. But how did they chase the cartel away? Oh, they, they just, just took up arms. They they kicked out kicked out the politicians as well because they believed the politicians were in cahoots. Corrupt, yeah. Yep. And uh, they were just there to to further divide the people. So they kicked out the politicians, armed themselves, and just chased away the the cartel. It's such a cool story, but I need the name of the town. And you said it was in South Africa. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if I would call it like a town. It's like this little. Village? Maybe. It's like all women. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, yes, uh, there is an all-woman village. It's uh, Umoja. Umoja, yeah. So there's this, like, in South Africa, it's really rough for women. There's a lot of rape and stuff like that, and, like, certain parts. And... Yeah, actually, it's uh, it's a... Kenyan village. There you go. So it's East Africa. Yeah. So, do you know the story? Yeah, there was a vice. I think it was a vice. One of one of these like YouTube news things did a documentary on them, and they went to go visit the village. Did you watch it? Yeah, yeah. It was really cool because it it was started primarily by this one woman. Mm Hmm. Yeah, she was like raped and. I don't know. Gabe watched a documentary. Let's let him say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, she. Uh, I think her name. Her name here, according to this, is Jane, and she was raped by three men wearing Gurkha uniform uniforms, while she was herding her husband's cattle, goats, mm-hmm. sheep. She went through a lot. You know, felt a lot of shame and a lot of these feelings that tend to be common among rape survivors. So something about this though made her want to create a safe environment for other women so that this sort of thing wouldn't happen again. And she started, I don't know if she started Emoja, but... Yeah, she like went and found this land and she kind of started like like crops and stuff and then women started coming and it's like now this village, I guess. 
Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a village of all women, mm -hmm. and they support themselves by crafting like bead Beads, necklaces yeah. and things, and, and tourists buy them. Mm -hmm. So yeah. tourists can come, but like they're only allowed in certain times, like men. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I thought I recalled that some men, like who have been vetted, like partners, are allowed to stay. Yes. But I'm not sure. But if you heard the same thing, I heard I the same sure. thing. Okay, yeah. yeah. Because I do recall in the documentary there was a guy they were interviewing who lives there. Yes, and he was he was one of the husbands. Mm -hmm. But it was, uh, man, it was it was crazy. I, I I recall they talked to a guy. He's not in the village. Mm -hmm. It's just like a random Kenyan guy. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, like I don't agree with that that at all. Like they need the men. Like and, why? And <laughs> it's just it's very dated thinking. Yeah, but. I sometimes struggle with a line on that because I'm like, okay, you are just a product of your own environment. Like, you can't, but like, what, what do you, like, we happen to grow up in a more egalitarian mm -hmm. society, but who would we be in that environment? Yeah. yeah. I think this is our first murder episode where the topic, the woman doesn't kill someone. Last one too. Last one? She didn't like directly kill anybody. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Interesting. I thought about that. I was like, should I choose somebody who like actually killed somebody? Because last one didn't. No. But then I was like, she's a vigilante. It's badass. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, it works. Let's it go works. positive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I guess, I don't know. Any, any parting words? Um, follow your dreams. Just like Miriam. <laughs> She put so many people behind bars. <laughs> God. Okay. All right. We got to wrap this up, Danny. Well, Gabe. <laughs> that is the story of Miriam Rodriguez. Thanks. That was a pretty cool one. It was. Oh, it had an unfortunate ending, but. Yes. It was a good one. I'm looking forward to the movie on her life. Oh, that's a good point. There probably will be no. one if there's not. Yeah. I hope so. Mm-hmm. I'd watch Netflix, it. pick that up. There you go. All right. <laughs> all right. Thank, thank you all. Thank you. Follow us on our stuff.